Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and objectionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice by a licensed therapist. Listener discretion is advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned, never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, loneliness, all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who chose to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Welcome, everybody, to a special episode of Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Today, I've been working up towards uh, releasing this specific episode. It is my interview with the Chief Strategy Officer, Paul Keeble, with Ashley Madison. And most of you maybe know what Ashley Madison is. When you look at their website, it says Ashley Madison Life is short, have an affair. And that's their registered trademark. Further down on their page, it says, Millions of people just like you are looking for a discreet connection. Every day, thousands of people join Ashley Madison to find discreet relationships of all kinds. Single, attached, looking to explore, or just curious to discover what's out there. Ashley Madison is the most open-minded dating community in the world. Discretion matters. We know you value your privacy as we do too. And we will never ask you to log in using public social network accounts. And we have several features designed to help you keep your life private, whatever your reasons. So that is a little information on what you would see when you logged into their website. And basically... It's a website for people who are looking to hook up with married people. And I believe that was the original uh, idea behind it, uh, you know, was to help married people who want other married people for multiple reasons. And we'll get into that. Uh, But I was actually real hesitant on having this interview. It's exciting because they're a well-known, very large business. And for them to have asked me on my Twitter account to contact them because they wanted to be on my show was a compliment. Um, But I just really struggled with my morals because, as all of you know, I myself cheated And I'm here not to condone the behavior of stepping out of a relationship, but rather bring it into the light and talk to people about it. Have people share their stories as to what was happening in their relationship that, you know, ultimately caused them to become unfaithful. Why did they step out? Where are they now? How are they feeling about it? And these people send their honest stories to me to share. And it comes through as a form of therapy forum in a way, just writing out what had happened, um, and then hearing it 
you know, kind of helps them with their struggle of forgiveness of themselves or being able to have closure or whatever their reasons are. So, of course, there's controversy with that, you know, and I've had people tell me I'm, you know, trying to capitalize on infidelity and I'm trying to do all these things where truly I'm not. And I had to remind myself of this exact reason when I was deciding whether or not to go ahead and talk with Ashley Madison. And even at the time, my podcast coach said, you know, this is not the direction you were wanting to go. And so I thought about it. We all have that natural sense of curiosity as to what's going on. We want to, you know, dish it. What's the dirt? So keeping that in mind, I decided, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I'm so glad I did because I went into this interview in my mind, of course, open as can be without judging, but still with my own thoughts about what this company was truly about. All you hear about is, ooh, that's where they condone cheating. This is good, you know, a way they promote infidelity. And honestly, he brought up some amazing points. And so I'm very glad to have had that opportunity. So lately, you might have noticed that I've been mentioning this other podcast that I have fallen in love with. I feel like I'm being unfaithful to my own podcast. Hmm. But I just have to share with you all, making it more of an open relationship among podcasts. In their own words, this is why you should subscribe to their show. What the hell is National Day Riff, and why do we care? National Day Riff, a politically incorrect, tastefully inappropriate sketch comedy podcast. Every day in the U.S. there is something to celebrate, and it's our job to poke fun at it. For example, sneak some zucchini into your neighbor's porch day. Men, synchronize your watches. Old Lady Anderson over there hasn't been eating her veggies. Are you serious? Veggies are good for you. Indeed they are, son. Or senior citizens, Spumoni, Brazilian blowout, and congressional startup day. How about a triple scoop of our new flavor, Brazilian blowout? Brazilian blowout! And of course, Fluffernutter, pierogi, and American touch tag day. Did you order a piping hot, steaming, super juicy, extra large, organic, free range pepperoni from Rubhub? Come on, come on. Yeah. Shit! Fly in the fluffernutter to Mr. Hauser's trailer on the double. Oh, well, <laughs> Brick wasn't able to take care of his uh, <clears throat> contractual obligations with the bisexual monkey. Sean, a fluffernutter is a sandwich with marshmallow, cream, and peanut butter, so. Ugh, that's disgusting. We even made a musical. Strong and short with a full head of hair. He just loves it when I'm coy. My little man is a manly man. Just to cream each other's name Too much to ask Our request is simple Simple just like we She's tall, he's short, but spry And that's just what we'll be 
National Day Riff is available wherever you get your podcast fix. Subscribe today, laugh tomorrow. It, well, you could actually laugh today if you if you wanted to. No one's stopping you. I mean, come on, it's free. Jeez. Let's get started with my interview with Paul Keeble, Chief Strategy Officer of Ashley Madison. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. And of course, first off, because of your company and what I do, have you actually had the opportunity to listen to any of the podcast episodes? Yeah, I mean, in general, I listen to a couple episodes. I think they're great. They're they're you know not necessarily taking sides. It's exploring, you know, what people's experience have been, the rationales, the reasons, um, and then the outcomes. And and I think that's a lot of the work that uh, me and my team really focus on. We're not out here to tell you this is, you know, the solution for everybody, but it does uh, happen quite a bit and it's better to understand it and make decisions and choices versus just choosing to believe what others have told you without real information. Absolutely. I totally agree. Thank you. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what it is you do for the company, Ashley Madison. Um, so I primarily work with uh, Ruby to help them tell their story about what's happening at Ashley Madison. So Ruby Life is our parent company and Ashley Madison is one of our key brands. And a lot of the work me and my team do is focused on helping people understand what's behind the world of infidelity and specifically Ashley Madison. And the way we go about that is using the data we collect and talking with our members. You know, we have more than 18,000 people joining today right now around the world in more than 50 countries. And so there's got to be something more than what we've been told about infidelity. If we continue to see those types of uh, numbers driving interest in our space. And so we work with people like yourselves and journalists and researchers and academics to really help them better understand what's going on because we have a unique set of data that no one around the world has to help really understand what is infidelity and what it isn't. So on one of my past episodes, I actually read an article that was, I want to say, gosh, I don't know, maybe in 2000 and. 11 or so, maybe not, but I know it was older where it was discussing how it was wanting to go public or or something. But within that article, it kind of talks a little bit about how the company and everything was formed. But I would like to find out a little bit more information about that. So if you could share with the listeners a little bit more about the history of Ashley Madison and how it came to fruition. So the origin stories of Ashley Madison go back to about 2000, 2001, when online dating was starting to emerge as a significant trend. And we, our founders saw reports that said or indicated that up to 30% of the profiles on some of these sites were in fact married people pretending to be single. So obviously creating a negative experience for individuals who certainly weren't looking for that type of relationship. And that was the proverbial light bulb moment that said, well, wait a minute, what happens if we create a space where people can be a bit more authentic and honest about what they're looking for and help like-minded people, so someone who's also married, find someone to fit within their framework of what they're looking for. And so that was the genesis of Ashley Madison. And and the naming came from what were the two of the most popular uh, female names uh, at that time frame, because the belief was, you know, maybe we need to be more female friendly to bring more women to the site. You know, we were under the same uh, myths and misconceptions about infidelity, even when we built this 
uh, business back then, thinking that, you know, it'd be harder to get women to come to the site than it really became. And it took off like wildfire. Very quickly, we became uh, popular. We became, you know, a subject of interest for a lot of different people and publications. And we've grown substantially since. We're more than 65 million members have come through our front door since we launched in 2002. Jeez, that's a lot of people. Um, I do remember back and I'm guessing in about 2008 is when I first started hearing about Ashley Madison. I think I actually saw it in a magazine. Um, but that was back in the time where I was doing my thing and, um, you know, cheating. Mm-hmm. And so it, it piqued my interest because that's where my mind was. But it was something that I was too scared to even think about. I mean, just the complications involved in all of that type of behavior, I, I wouldn't have known. To me, it, it's scary. I mean, things have changed. You don't exactly just always, you know, go to a bar and find somebody to hook up with like you maybe did back in the 80s or even the 90s. But I've seen a lot of relationships, people that I've talked with that are, of course, using social media to find each other, such as especially, well, Facebook. Sure. Through Facebook, I mean, quite frankly, I mean, more affairs probably have been uh, initiated through Facebook, you know, catching up with an old flame or somebody you had a crush on back in school. And, you know, we've seen data and reports that have suggested up to 30 to 40 percent of affairs or sorry, divorces cite Facebook as a reason. And, you know, we're pretty sure that probably is because people have been chatting with individuals that maybe their spouse didn't feel they should have been. Um, the reality was, you know, what, what's become the core reason for Ashley Madison's success is, as well as being focused on the discretion of our members' information, we really are focusing on creating a better mousetrap, a better affair, because traditionally our core competition is not another dating website. Uh, it's actually the office. That's where most people have had affairs over the years, uh, working late nights, going on travel conventions, so on and so forth. But what companies are now finding is that is very negative for their brand and for their liability. And companies are very much um, looking down on that type of activity and not just on what have been previous generations, just on the female or the more junior person. Both individuals are being cast out. We recently saw that the CEO of Intel was forced to step down for an affair he had years before becoming the CEO at Intel. Mm in mm-hmm. a completely consensual relationship. And so what we've said is take it out of the workspace, take it out of the um, you know, the bars where you don't know who necessarily you're meeting could be connected to your social circle and find someone who's also married, has much at risk, and is as unlikely to try to get caught as you are. And we believe clearly that has been very beneficial for our business and to the members who are coming to our site. Okay. So now I have a couple of questions. And the reason um, that, that these are coming up Well, first of all, you know, with the podcast, I have my regular raw truth stories of female infidelity and how I, Mm -hmm. uh, the reason why I developed it was because when I was doing what I was doing, there's nobody to talk to, there's no one to relate to, and you you feel guilty, excited, there's so many different emotions that go on with it, but there's nobody to talk to. Um, And when you try to get help, like I always tell people, my therapist said, you're an excitement junkie. Well, now, how is that going to be beneficial to help me figure out what's going on with myself? Um, And so that's why I established this. And again, kind of like you said at the beginning, it's not for me to condone infidelity, um, but I don't judge it either because there's different stories to each situation. I mean, everybody has their own reasons and stories. And, you know, it, it is very controversial. I get hate mail. 
I'm, as I'm sure you guys do. But again, I'm not trying to say, hey, look at what she did. Isn't she great? No, it's look at what happened. This is the situation that led her to make this decision. And these were her consequences. Maybe they were good. Maybe they were bad consequences. I don't know. Everybody has their own, you know, reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But um, two of my female stories and... Uh, neither of ones have been released yet. I'm actually in the process of preparing one for next week. Um, and then a future one revolve around um, Ashley Madison. And so um, I'm curious, what kind of measures, if any, are taken on the safety of these, uh, especially women? Because this one gal here that submitted her story, she was actually blackmailed by a guy on Ashley Madison who said he was single, or excuse me, uh, you know, married, wanting an affair, and it turned out he was under house arrest. He blackmailed her, and she had to send money, or he was going to, you know, tell her husband. He was going to, he knew uh, too much about her, and he started to blackmail. So I'm wondering, how, is there proof about marriage? I mean, is it also for singles? Is there any kind of safety net for these people, women against predators that are on there? Yeah, so we've obviously taken discretion to heart in terms of how we manage the site and giving tools to our members to ensure that you know they're only giving out what information they want to release. For example, um, we have a private uh, photo uh, capture system that you only share certain images with uh, a potential partner when you're ready to and by a private key. And when you're done, you know, communicating with that individual, whether it progresses to something or not, you can remove that key so that individual doesn't have that information. And, you know, unlike a traditional dating site, we don't require a lot of information because we want to hold as little as possible. So you're only going to share with potential members what you're willing to and comfortable with. Now, with all dating websites, you know, there's no guarantee that, you know, the individual is is always going to be who they say they are. You know, we don't vet profiles from that perspective because that require us to pull in a lot more information that, you know, than, right. than we think is, is right to ask of our membership. So, you know, that story I think is you not unique to Ashley. That's something that across the dating sphere is something that happens and it's incredibly unfortunate, but we work very hard to ensure that, um, you know, fraudulent profiles are not part of our system and i know that through our algorithms and our bi systems more than 80 percent of of fraudulent uh accounts are taken down within eight seconds so you know it's incredibly unfortunate and dis uh and, and disconcerting to hear about this one individual's member experience but that's not typical of what you would see on ashley or most dating websites and is there, you know, is there a way if people do feel that they're in this situation and it's not coming across as being fraudulent on your end, you guys can't see it, is it being that way for them to report to you? I mean, they Yeah, can- so there's, you can both reach out directly to our customer service team and they'll investigate and take appropriate action and you can flag profile. So, and if you're uh, seeing a profile that is, you know, not behaving responsibly or concerns you, you can flag it and our team will review it. And, you know, we go to great lengths to ensure that, you know, the people are representing themselves to the best possible uh, truth. You know, if you say you're a six foot two, uh, you know, blonde person and you put up a picture of Chris Hemsworth, we're pretty quickly going to, you know, guess that that's probably not Chris (laughs) Hemsworth on our site. And, you know, that photo is going to be taken down. So we do do a lot of work around that space because it's important to us to ensure that our members are communicating in an authentic manner and in a way that, you know, ensures people are uh, respecting one another. So um, 
question here with um, the whole quarantine situation that we've all been experiencing. Have you noticed a spike in members coming on with this whole, um, you know, because the joke is, oh, God, I'm trapped with my spouse now for two months or three months. Have you have you noticed a spike in memberships since the um, the coronavirus pandemic has been out. Yeah, absolutely. So in the beginning, the first two or three weeks, we, we, we saw a, a decline. And I think you know, a lot of companies, not just dating, would have seen something similar because it was a reaction to an unprecedented situation. So there was a lot of, whoa, what is this? But over the following weeks and right up until now, we've seen a continuous increase in daily membership. Um, so back then, we're probably about 16,000 a day. Now we're well over 18,000, moving toward 19,000 a day. And that reason is, you know, twofold. I think if there were any cracks in the foundation of your relationship, being forced to spend days upon days, if not weeks with that individual, they're going to, those cracks are going to expand and you're going to look for avenues to uh, connect with people who are in similar situations. You're going to look for ways to relieve your tension, even if you're not necessarily looking for a physical account or right now because of you know health concerns having someone to talk to who's in a similar situation can be incredibly beneficial from a mental standpoint and so we're seeing a lot more activity from that perspective and i think very much the the, the situation we're seeing around the world is um building on that okay well yeah and i just it's always been you know the the joke on social media of um Somebody, I think it was my neighbor, had said he saw a joke on Instagram that said, oh, man, when this coronavirus thing is up or whatever, I've got, you know, 60 dates or whatever, because she had started flirting or whatever with all. And it was kind of a joke, but yet at the same time, kind of serious. There's a bit of truth to it. Yeah, yeah. Because what else are you going to do? Sometimes people get a little bored and they don't just read books. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's kind of, you know, I mean, my listeners know my past and, and I'm open and open um I'm I'm not afraid to talk about it, but I'm a person that gets bored easily. And so I intentionally now do everything I can to keep so many irons in the fire so that I don't go down this route that I shouldn't go down. Um, and so I know how it can happen with people. So have statistic wise, um, have and I'm not sure if this is something that you guys are following or not. But, um, you know, people who actually end up staying together, divorcing their spouses, and marrying or, you know, continuing on with the relationship based on their meeting on Ashley Madison. Do you have a any information on that as far as percentages or? No, so that's gonna be more anecdotal. Because again, it's really, you know, we, we don't want to collect certain pieces of information. And we don't want to interfere with people's experiences. But what we've heard, you know, I've heard some really interesting stories where people have certainly um, you know, realize the relationship that they were in, their primary relationship wasn't what they wanted. And they found that out through their affair. And it isn't just that they fell in love with somebody else. It was more, they realized the situation that they were in was not good for them, not what they wanted. But I've also had individuals who have gone that route and married their uh, affair partner and then realized the issue wasn't the relationship that they previously had or that the, the relationship they currently had was great. It was that monogamy didn't work for them. So some people have then chosen in their secondary marriage or their second marriage to open it and come back to Ashley as a couple. And that's really interesting to us because it really showcases that monogamy is a grand spectrum in terms of how one sees it. And the key is to ensure that both parties are aligned to what's happening within that relationship to ensure that both parties' needs are being met and that they don't end up in Ashley Madison if that's what they want to avoid. And I think that's more at 
stake for a lot of the people who come to Ashley Madison is that their understanding of monogamy or their understanding of what both partners want in the relationship are not either being heard or respected. Well, and it's always been so taboo. You don't, you know, you don't do that. Open marriages and, and this, I, I, a lot of people are talking about being polyamorous and mm -hmm. all these different things that it's just, you know, the new way to be okay and open with your relationships. And, and I always say, I don't judge. It's not my life. Who am I to say what they're doing is wrong or right or whatever? I'm just here to learn about it and try and help other people learn about it. Um, and whether they choose to agree or disagree, that's on them. But, exactly. uh, you know, so I was just wondering how, how that was. And um, now this is a biggie, and I don't know if this is something you guys can feel comfortable answering, but has Ashley Madison have been pulled into any kind of litigation due to members, you know, you, my wife ran away from me because she met somebody on your website. Does that ever happen? So there are some laws uh, in the U.S. Uh, on a state level called the Alienation of Affection um, Laws. And basically what they allow is uh, if your spouse leaves you uh, to be with their paramour, the aggrieved spouse has some allowance to sue the individual uh, who was having the affair with their spouse. Uh at a certain point in time, that did allow for third-party inclusion, meaning you could sue a company if they were involved with it. Those don't really, the, the third-party elements no longer exist. So we've seen people try to, um, you know, incorporate us into a lawsuit, but every time it's thrown out, it's simply because you can't uh, sue us for someone's actions. Because the reality is, if you were to sue us uh, because your spouse had an affair, well, then you better sue the hotel where they met up, better sue the restaurant where they met where up. And I'm pretty sure Apple's going to be involved because a lot of those conversations were happening on that phone that had a lot of discretion <laughs> built into it. So your spouse couldn't log into it. So, you know, I understand, you know, where people get upset, but the reality is affairs don't happen, particularly because of, you know, Ashley Madison, don't happen because we exist. And if you take us away, they're not going to end. And that's part of the reason why I do these kind of conversations and answer the hard questions because people have this belief that we're immoral and we're, you know, ca you know, causing the destruction of marriage when quite frankly, it's not the case. And there's a lot of information that points to that. In fact, majority of the women that come to our site are not looking to leave their relation, their primary relationships. They're just happen to be in a sexless or orgasmless marriage. So they love their spouse, but their needs are not being met. And so, Instead of choosing the pathway of divorce, they've, you know, we've created a third pathway for them to continue to be happy, maintain their marriage, but fulfill those needs. I really appreciate that because you're teaching me a lot on, you know, it just puts it in a different perspective. I guess it's kind of like, you know, and I don't want to get all political here, but where they say guns kill, you know, no one, somebody picked up the gun to shoot it, right? Um, so people will say, well, that fork made me fat. No, <laughs> you picked up and chose to eat the food and and have gained, you know, those kinds of situations. Cars kill. Well, you drove a car. Um, same kind of concept in my mind, as in, you know, it's there. No one's forcing them to come and use it. Yeah, particularly with our side. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, happenstance or a simple occurrence, whereas, you know, maybe you could uh, plead off in terms of, you know, if you went to the bar on Saturday night and had one too many and, you know, uh, had a dalliance through that. But even there, I'd say there was a lot more choice and it wasn't alcohol and it sure. wasn't the bar that caused it. It was simply your intentions coming out because of lowered inhibition. Whereas, you know, you 
intentionally join Ashley Madison. You intentionally message somebody and then you intentionally meet with somebody. And there's a reason for that. And, you know, I think that the reasons why people do it and the outcomes are far more interesting than the blame game. Well, and I work with um, on the podcast, you know, the main part of it is the women who have cheated sharing their stories and what they went through. Now I have another side of it. It's on my Patreon. So it's my, you know, premium subscription type of it where the men share their stories of what Mm -hmm. they went through when their wives cheated. So we're able to see, I mean, they're not the same couple, obviously, they're, they're different, totally stories and scenarios, but it's real interesting. And I, you know, always trying to play middle person here. But a lot of people will come up and say, you know, they chose to do this. They chose. How could you stand to be around somebody who intentionally went in and chose to hurt their spouse? Um, To which I always say, hey, you know, there's a reason that they did it. Nobody goes into a marriage or relationship. Well, I would hope. I would think the majority don't go into that with the intent of I'm going to get with this person so that I can hurt them. You know, that's never really the intent, but something obviously changes within that relationship. So, um, and a couple of stories I have are of gentlemen who, um, sexless marriages or just situations that are unique and they are finding their women on, um, on Ashley Madison. So no, statistically, you know, I keep using that word, but how many men versus women are members on that, um, on the website? So that's a really great question. So, you know, there's always this belief that there's no women on Ashley Madison or uh, very few. And my answer always to that is, you know, I don't think we could be in business for uh, 17 years. Um, and particularly what we've been through if there were no women. So, in fact, back in 2017, sorry, in 2018, we hired Ernst & Young, the big global accounting firm, to come and review our membership to sort of say what's really happening behind the scenes. And, you know, they're not going to come in, given who they are, and just give a nice answer just because we want them to. So they went through, looked under every stone and in every corner to ensure that what was being shown to them was authentic and real. And what they came across was that the ratio of active female accounts to active paid male accounts was 1.13 to 1, meaning there are more active women than men on Ashton Madison. So that changes depending on, you know, which uh, country or city you're in. But if you look at it on a global basis, on a yearly basis, there's roughly a one-to-one ratio of active females for active paid males. And that tells you that there's balance in our community. Very, very interesting. Um, and how does that, how how does it work? So I've been told by my listeners certain things, but I want to hear how does the system work with, you were saying, female members versus paid male. How does that? Yeah, so um, just targeting our core audience, um, because there's a lot of options on Ashley Madison, but um, women can join for free, as can men. But if a man wants to communicate with a woman, he is required to buy credits. Uh, and each communication costs a certain amount of credits. But the first response, or sorry, the first message to a woman will cost him uh, nine credits. But every communication after that, it, once she accepts that initial message, is free between he and her. So it, it, it's incumbent on the, upon the male. And part of that was built in based on our research and what we've seen and continue to see on a lot of dating sites where you know men can be prone to over-messaging and spamming a lot of women. So what we put the onus on men is to be a little bit more thoughtful in what type of partner they're looking for and to be less uh, spray and pray, as it were, in terms of reaching out to our female membership. Um, And then there's a lot of features and functionalities that, you know, have a lot of um, 
add a lot of more fun into the system that costs additional credits. But the core aspect of connecting with a person, it's a one-time cost for a male to send a message to a woman. And if she responds, they can continue to communicate and share uh, all their stories and images as they see fit at no extra cost. So I got to wonder if people, you know, with joint accounts and things like that, how does that show up on a credit card uh, <laughs> statement? So I'm not going to tell you what the name is, but obviously we don't bill under Ashley Madison right? Uh, for, for obvious reasons. And so, yeah, that, that, that you won't see that. And what's interesting, you know, in certain places, U.S. being one of them, you can also use gift cards as a payment method. Yeah. So because that's not a subscription, you buy the credits as a one-time use and you don't need to buy again until you need to top up. So you could go over to your local Home Depot, buy, you know, a $100 gift card. And for a lot of people, you know, Home Depot gift card is not going to show up as a odd, you know, purchase, or it could be a lot of, we have a whole host of options and you could use that. But again, as a one-time, you know, a lot of our credit packages are in the 50 to $60 range. You know, people are not, it's not going to stand out on a, on a, on a credit card report because again, it doesn't say Ashley Madison infidelity site right there on your credit card. <laughs> no, that wouldn't probably go very far. And actually, yeah, I've had people who, um, um, the husbands, the men, um, who are a part of my um, Patreon subscription, they actually do purchase gift cards to put it on there because they don't want their spouse knowing that they're listening or sharing mm-hmm. their own stories because I do share men's infidelities on that Patreon as well. So to kind of cover, cover. So now I know where they got that idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Um, I think that I really, really appreciate the information I've heard both ways, and maybe you answered this before, and I'm just not sure. Married people versus single people. It's intended for married people, but it's not a requirement. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So when we built the site, as I talked earlier about how uh, we saw that a lot of uh, people were pretending to be single on on, sorry, pretending to be single on traditional dating sites, but when in fact they were married, that's what was the impetus to creating the site. And the core of it is, again, discretion, because, you know, you're taking an activity that you don't want the world to know about. And that bright light of discretion is very attractive to a whole host of different types of people. So you might be in an open marriage or open relationship, but you don't want your colleagues or your family to be aware of your activities. And so that's attractive to Ashley Madison. You might have come out of a long-term relationship or might be a divorcee who, again, whether you have children or you just don't want the world to know what you're doing or you're just not ready for a traditional more long-term relationship and the idea of Ashley Madison, you know, really fits your current needs. So we have found that a whole host of different type of people are attracted to the community and the nature of our platform, though it is traditionally marketed towards people who are looking for to have an affair. Okay. Got it. I appreciate so much of your information. You've really, um, I think this is going to, you know, be wonderful for my listeners because I do have, you know, people who, like I said, use your website, you know, men and women who are unfaithful or who have been cheated on. And um, and how I explained this, I kind of reached out to some of my followers and I explained that I was looking at doing this interview when I got the email from um, the gal at your office. And I was really on the fence because I make it clear that I don't condone cheating, right? But I don't judge it. And so it took me a while. And then I had to bring my brain back to how many of us, including myself, love to watch Dateline 2020, all those shows where they're in there talking about these murders and all these different things. And they go in and they talk to the murderer. It's not because Keith Morrison wants to learn how to become a murderer. It's because 
all of us as people naturally, we want, we're curious. We just want to understand. We want to know why or, you know, we're all, you well, know, listen. just. Adultery is the only sin that's mentioned twice in the Ten Commandments. So, you know, there is a lot of interest in this space. And we continually, you know, seek to judge those without really knowing the answer as to why and what for. And so, you know, I think it's important to have the conversations. And again, not to convince, you know, no matter how amazing I am in my job, and I'm not that amazing, like <laughs> tells me that on a regular basis, but... You know, no matter how much how good our marketing is, I no thirty second commercial is going to convince a happily married couple to have an affair. Right. That's not the business we're in, and because if we were, we'd be in the billions of membership, not in the millions of membership. It's more aimed towards those who are experiencing something that uh, tells them that they're not getting what they need, but at the same time, they're not looking to leave where they are, and so. We sit in a, in, a, in a gray area as it relates to monogamy relationships, and we're happy to take people's, you know, uh, anger and avarice towards us to protect our members and give them comfort that what they're doing is normal, it's universal, and there's a lot more going on. And we continue to have these conversations with the goal of just illuminating uh, people and helping educate them as to why infidelity is not the evil that they've been led to believe. Thank you so much, Paul, for for being willing to be on the podcast. You've really, really opened my eyes, and I've learned a lot from you, and I appreciate that, and I'm sure my listeners will. Excellent. Again, thank you so much. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Rebecca. Well, to me, I felt this interview was very eye-opening, and I appreciate him taking his time to have talked with me so I could share with everybody, educate myself, educate you. And, uh, you know, again, I always reiterate, I'm not condoning this type of behavior by any means. I would be a hypocrite. But I also feel it's important to talk about it. You know, it's happening. And, you know, we can't just, you know, go through life with blinders on. I mean, this is happening. And it's happening a lot more than people ever want to realize or accept and people are going to do what they're going to do whatever's best for them and you know who am I to judge but again I just wanted to be able to share this information and I'm excited because I may actually get some extra listeners because Ashley Madison will be sharing um, this episode with their members and I'm so excited for some new listeners to join us and potentially have stories they might want to share as well. So, of course, as always here, if you are a lady and you have been unfaithful to your husband, boyfriend, partner, or you're a man whose wife or girlfriend or partner has cheated on them, or even if you're a man who's been having an affair and you're interested in submitting your story for the podcast, always know it's anonymous. Um, just send me an email, rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com, and I will send you over a story guide to kind of help form the story from the beginning to the end. I have a lot of people that say, I don't even know where to start. And so this just kind of helps make it flow better, just so that we kind of have a beginning, middle, end, end. And also, Midweek Ponder. If you have any ideas for uh, Midweek Ponder as far as taboo subjects or 
you know, your opinions about infidelity in general, I mean, I would love to know. Um, send me an email. You can also visit my website at www.rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. And you can listen to the uh, free episodes there. You can email me from there. And the best part is you can actually sign up for my Patreon where you're going to be able to have access to those bonus episodes of what men went through when they were cheated on and some of their own stories of infidelity. So you're missing out because there's quite a few on there if you haven't signed up. It is a $3 a month plus tax pledge, and you can start it up, and you can cancel it at any time as well. There's no, you know, forever and a day contract by any means. And again, thank you for tuning in and listening today, and I hope everybody is doing well. Stay happy, stay healthy, and always remember, always, 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 always remember from me, no judgment. Goodbye. Goodbye.